Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome to another workout for you to row along to where I row a session on my machine, you row exactly the same session on your machine and we row along together while I keep you company with chat about technique, motivation and just a few things about my dinner plans and stuff just to keep you interested through the row. Now today is going to be a nice low intensity long and slow row. Okay, we're going to row for 35 minutes and we're going to do it at 18 strokes a minute. Now if you are doing the 1k plan along with me then this should be a recovery row okay this is not a tough row after the sessions we've had so far this week this one really needs to be on the back end of the pace guide so where normally I would say to row this at around about 2k plus 20 pace which is round about 5 out of 10 effort, I want you to just slow down by another couple of seconds and be closer to 2k plus 22, okay? Because you need to recover after yesterday's really tough, hard session that was all about power and you also then need to prep for the next session. Now, of course, you may want to have a rest day between day 4 and day 5, and so if you want to go to that 18, that 2k plus 20, then okay, I'm... But the point here is that I want you to be slow so you can build up and refuel that power, the energy you have in your body, if you do this too fast, especially if you're doing this within the 1k plan, you're just going to drain yourself and you're not going to have the power for session 5 and what I don't want to happen is that you end up scraping the barrel, circling the drain of power and that you just go, oh I'm tired, it's just doing me in this, this um, plan. However, I will talk more about that during the main um, road because we might as well just get into a warm-up. But what am I? I'm just going way ahead off script. Ah, script, sure. Um, right, so we need to get up to our four-minute warm-up. And we start off, as always, by setting up our machine. On a Concept 2, that means going to the drag factor first and setting that where you want it to be. If you don't know about drag factor, I do have a video here on the channel. If you know how to set it, and you don't know where to set it, set it at 130 uh, first. If you don't know even 130, what's he on about? Just set your lever between four and five, okay? Too low isn't the problem, too high is the problem, right? If you're not on a Concept 2, just set the uh, intensity, resistance, whatever you have, so you get a nice fluid flow through your stroke, but you don't have to heave against it to get it moving. Next up, if you can, go to your monitor and set it to eye height so you don't have to look up, you don't have to look down. And finally, set those pesky foot straps to a position where you're able to come to the front of the stroke with your shins pointing vertically, okay? If you're set too high, that might be a little tough. If you're set too low, you might easily go scooting straight past. However, your posture is also a great um, thing when it comes to that, but I will talk about that too when it comes to the main row. However, we have this four-minute warm-up ahead of us first, which we are going to do at round about 20 strokes a minute and I just want you to start with enough of a push of power from your feet that you can think about that power connection to your hands and then we will start to increase pace a little bit. Ooh, it felt like a really long intro today, sorry. Here we go then, in three, two, one, let's go. So, hopefully you've been through this and hopefully you're going to go, oh he's saying it again. <laughs> but in case this is the first time you've done one of my videos, what I mean about that power thing is that it comes, the power into the stroke comes from your legs, okay? So you push 
your feet into the foot plates and that's what gets power into your machine. However, there's no point just pushing your feet into the foot plates. You have to somehow connect it to the handle. And you do that firstly by getting the timing right that you push with the feet at the same time the handle connects to your machine. That might be the chain connecting to the flywheel or the handle connecting to the magnet or the water, whatever. But you push at the same time that the handle connects. And you can help that by having a forwards tilt in towards the front of the machine and straight arms. And it's going to be a lot easier to get that leg press or push in from this position. Now if you want to just spend the next 30 seconds increasing the pressure from your legs just to feel those muscles working. I mean I'm not talking max power here but just make sure you're putting some effort in. You can hear your flywheel or water wheel accelerating as you push. Because in three strokes time, we're gonna take one foot out and put it on the ground. One more stroke. So thumb out on the buckle, toes towards you. That's your quick release. Continue rowing with one leg strapped in. And get that push in from your leg, okay? So push, and make sure and get right to the end of your leg drive as well. Nice soft lock at the back. One more here. Let's swap feet, thumb, toe, out. So same on this side, continue rowing. So you come into the front, shins vertical, push. Your leg should be all the way down, all the powers in. I'm going to talk more technique stuff through today's session, so don't worry. Right, both feet in, legs nice and straight, and then roll with your back and arms. So pick up that force of the handle by swinging over your back first, and then pull in your arms. Then out with your arms, and swing forwards over your hips again. This is a really important motion that so many people just don't get. One more here. Now let's roll to the front, strap your feet on the way, arms straight, forward tilt, and just press out from the front. Don't worry about power here. All I want you to think about is straight arms, forwards tilt, and then that feeling of connecting the hands to the flywheel or whatever you use while holding those straight arms and the forwards tilt, okay? Don't want to be swinging back, you don't want to be pulling your arms. Just push. One more. Push. Right. So I, like I say, I'll unpack technique a bit more in today's main session, but for the time being, keep moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink, and I'll quickly explain one more time what we're doing today. 
So today is going to be a 35 minute row at 18 strokes a minute and I really want you to try and keep the intensity on this one on the back end, okay? This is supposed to be an easy row, okay? So it's going to be a recovery row after yesterday's session. It's also going to be a chance to work on technique, a chance to just build up that amount of power, that fuel that you have in your body to then able to go into week one, session five of the 1K plan, okay? Just don't avoid sessions like this, okay? But we're gonna talk about that. Oh, see, I'm getting ahead of myself again. So there we go, that's what we're doing today. So 35 minutes of rowing ahead of us. So have a quick drink. Of course, if you get really thirsty during this row, you are allowed to stop and have a quick drink. If you were doing a 30 minute time trial, or a race, then you don't stop to have a drink then. But in training, if you just wanna have a quick drink, stop and have a quick drink. No one's gonna shout at you for it. Or, well, I'm not gonna shout at you for it. Here we go then. So 35 minutes at 18 strokes a minute, at round about 2K plus 22 pace, okay? In three, two, one, let's go. Now, truth be told, it'll take me a few strokes, I think, to really get the hang of doing this at plus 22 because I'm so used to just dialing in there we go plus 20 which is what I'm sitting on right now but just backing off the pressure to ease off by a couple of seconds feels a little bit alien but the truth is there's an element of control over your stroke there. Because say I was doing a marathon row. I'd want to keep the stroke rate down and keep the pace at a sensible level. So you need to have control over how much of a push, how much power you're getting from your stroke. Now, I've still got my monitor set to force curve after yesterday's row. And what's interesting is that where yesterday was a really sharp upwards curve and then a long plateau across the top, remember I said like the mounted in Close Encounters. Today, it's kind of an upside down cereal bowl. <laughs> so it's a much shallower, or not much, but it's a shallower increase. And then only a small hold at the top but then it's a symmetrical curve so the fall off at the back of the stroke is identical to the acceleration I'm putting in at the front now a lot of this is going to be because I am putting in a slightly softer stroke in order to be able to just 
sit on the back end of my pace guide. But the important thing, again, like I said yesterday, is that the rise and fall, like how sharp your curve is, is important in terms of power you're putting in. But what you really need to make sure of, whether it's the sharp rise or a smooth rise, is that it doesn't look like a mountain range. You don't get, it's not like a jagged, wibbly wobbly curve on its way up or down. You wanna be smooth as you get the power in through your body into the machine. And that's because you wanna get your sequencing right. And this is when I start talking technique. Now what I'm gonna to do today is I'm gonna go through technique now, and then, well, I've got no idea what I'm gonna talk about afterwards, <laughs> but I wanna get technique out of the way so you can basically think about the points and almost switch off for the rest of the row. So I hope you will humor me while I do it that way. Right, so we're pretty much five minutes in to this rope. Hopefully you are holding your stroke rate and your pace is around about 2K plus 22. Don't worry if you fall off another one or two seconds like I am. Slower's better here. Right, so the stroke, you get three chances at getting power into the machine. It starts when you push with your legs. Then, as your legs begin to fade, you add in power by swinging your upper body from a forwards tilt into a backwards tilt. And then you finish off by adding in a little bit more power as you pull your arms in. Now I said the three of them in that order for a reason. And that that is the order that you put the power in at. Legs, back, arms. Legs, back, arms. It is not back, arms, legs, which I see a lot of. <laughs> you push with your feet to get the power in, then you swing with your back and then only at the back of the stroke do you finally unleash your guns into the stroke, okay? 
up until the back. All your arms are doing is hanging off the handle, bracing against the power you are putting in from your legs and your back. And your legs are the majority. They are the powerhouse. That's where you get most of your speed from. And so it's important that you get all available power from your legs. And that means connecting with the handle at the front as you start the stroke, but it also means getting the full range of your leg drive into the machine. So remember the warm-up I was saying about getting your legs all the way down. You want to make sure your legs come all the way down, all that power gets in and your legs are down kind of right before your handle pulls in and that way you know you're connected to the machine the whole way and it might help at the back of the stroke to point your toes to the front of the machine and that way you know you're not pulling against the straps and soaking up some of the power that could be coming from your legs. But at the front, the key here is arms straight, so they're out in front of you at a nice neutral height. You have a forwards tilt so that you are leaning towards the front of the machine. But you are tilted over your hips. You're not bending your upper or lower body. And then because of that forwards position, if you have a good, powerful posture sitting up on your sit bones, then as you slide forwards, when your shins are in a vertical position, you are in the perfect place to unleash the power from your legs by pushing the machine away from you. So when you think about pushing the machine away, it kind of mentally transfers the effort into that direction. If you think about only pushing yourself, like I'm pushing yourself backwards, <laughs> sorry, garbled sentence there, like you want to get to the back of the machine as quick as possible, then what happens is that you tend to lean back way too soon 
and pull on the handle way too soon. So it's a really handy mental trigger thinking about pushing the machine away from you in order to hold that forwards tilt and straight arms as you push. And then as your legs get about halfway, maybe just past halfway through the drive, the initial explosion, acceleration of power starts to fade. And so that's why you wait and then you swing over your hips into that backwards lean. It might not feel like much, but trust me, the power you add by swinging from a forwards to a backwards, from that one o'clock forwards to 11 o'clock backwards, is so much power. And whether you use that to help you roll faster or just to be a more efficient rower when it comes to putting the power in for longer is up to you but the truth is you don't want to ignore that swing over your back and then as you start that swing your legs fade even more and that's why you then pull in your arms so your back offsets the first amount of fade from your legs and then your arms just squeeze in a little bit more and that's how you get a nice tidy force curve Now get those arms in to sternum height, which if you wear a bra, that means round about the strap height across your chest, or if you wear a heart rate monitor like me, it should be bang on, or in my case today, just under your heart rate monitor strap. So I don't want you to finish up on your chin because that loses so much smooth power. You suddenly end up using the smaller muscles in your arms and upper body where you think you might be stronger you're not, you're actually using weaker muscles. So finish at sternum height, use your lats, which are much bigger, much more able to withstand the power you're putting in. And remember, that's what I said in yesterday's workout, you wanna get length from the front of the machine by connecting properly. It's more important to snap into the drive 
at the front you can lose a good foot of leg drive from the front of the machine if you get the timing wrong whereas finishing with a handle up in my neck I'm really only getting another six inches of poor quality length from my biceps and delts as you get to the back like I said point your toes towards the front of the machine and that will help allow you to get the full length of your legs into the drive and it will also stop you from tugging on the foot straps either to stop yourself moving backwards or to pull yourself back forwards again both of which I don't want you to do because if you stop yourself from moving backwards that is potential momentum force that should be going into the machine and you're just soaking it up with your shins and it could be a good like 20-30 watts you're wasting by stopping yourself early in case you're a number junkie but then also if you tug yourself forwards on the straps what it does is it collapses your posture like this and suddenly I'm pointed backwards and it's really hard to get back in to that forward tilt again whereas if you put your hands away and then rock over your hips as you bend your knees you are then in the perfect position here already for the next stroke you don't have to think about leaning anymore you're there here lock lock it in so hands hips lock hands hips lock and then handle comes straight back in a straight line so really certainly for erg rowing the handle should just come straight 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 for most people if you have a problem with your knees rising too soon on the return which is usually that strap tug then you can lower the handle to concentrate on getting the handle past your knees before you bend them however once you've got used to that I want you to go back to straight line in and out because the danger of dropping the handle off your knees is that as you start the stroke when you raise the handle it causes you to tilt backwards because instead of raising 
the handle, you tilt over your hips, whereas you wanna come in, lift, but you hold that forward tilt. Now again, on the water rowers, you will be taught to tap down, but I'm gonna hope you already have a good technique that won't lead to that early backswing. And then the last thing to say is just, as you come forwards, your arms should be nice and loose. I talk about being like a zombie. So, nice and loose, relaxed. Never seen a tent zombie. And fingers hooked over the handle, nice and relaxed as you come forwards. And then as you start the drive, fingers are still hooked over the handle. You're not tensing against, like gripping it for dear life. You're just hooking, bracing. Same with your arms. As you push with your legs, you just brace against the power through your posterior chain and let that power surge into the machine. You should hear a real acceleration of the flywheel as you push. Okay? And then just to cap off the technique thing, heel rise. You may have read, heard, whatever, seen people saying that you shouldn't lift your heels off the foot plates. In an ideal world, you wouldn't. And often, the heel rise is due to poor posture. That you're all tucked under, and then in order to get forwards with shins vertical, your heels have to come off the foot plates. Whereas, in a good posture, I can get into that position and my heels are hardly lifting, the foot, lifting off the foot plates. So, if you have a poor posture, get into this forwards tilt up in your sit bones first. And then if you still have a heel rise as you come forwards and your shins are only going to vertical, remember, not past, then it's okay as long as it's just a little heel rise and as long as when you start the drive you get those heels down, push, push, it's like doing a squat or a deadlift. You wouldn't do them off your toes. And it's the same here about pushing your feet into the machine. You get that power, you drive it in, 
by getting your heels down. Push, okay? I really thought that technique rundown <laughs> would only have taken me about 10 minutes. But that's what, 18? But hopefully, even if 99% of it you're already new and we're doing, maybe there was 1% of it there was new information or you realised you'd had a technique glitch fallen into a bad habit maybe you were rising your knees or raising sorry your knees too early or tugging on the foot straps or swinging your back too soon who knows but hopefully it helped so 10 seconds and then we'll have 11 minutes to go and I will talk about something else <laughs> right so not that I've got this planned out but it did occur to me during the intro that as we hit session 4 of this 1k plan for me anyway it's been invaluable to be back in to the structure of a plan oftentimes to improve your rowing it doesn't actually matter what distance you're training for sure if you've got a 1k competition coming up it makes sense to do a 1k plan but if you're just rowing generally and just want to get better at what you're doing then any plan for pretty much any body will be beneficial if only because it gives you structure and consistency now since well, January I guess when I got COVID I've been very scattered with the amount of rowing I've been doing I've been mixing it up with cycling or running or more recently training for high rocks but the truth is this is four days in a row for me rowing and I think this is the first time since January that I've done that this is eight months on and it's partly injury partly fatigue coming back from Covid so it's not all me being lazy however without a plan I didn't really have any focus or reason to come back to the erg day after day whereas now that I'm making the 1k plan videos after it's been on the website without videos for so long 
Well, this is now really giving me the focus to row a lot more than I have at any other stage so far this year. And I mean, I'm the guy that used to do, like, I'm trying to think, do quick maths. Yeah, about four or five million meters a year. So that's what, 4,000 kilometers. I do an average of like 15K a day. Whereas I'm sure if I look at my average so far this year, I'd be lucky if I'm on like 3K a day. Whereas over the past four days, although the sprint, like yesterday's sprint was about 6K, but then another one or maybe two for the warm up and cool down. And then these long, slow rows. In fact, what's my, my estimated, yeah, my estimated completion for today is 8,258. So it's been a huge, spike and the only thing that has changed is the consistency and motivation of being on a plan and not just making it up as I go along or cherry picking sessions from a plan that I want to do but not actually following the whole thing. And it's that initial, right, I've committed to do it thing that obviously means I have to keep on making it. But it's also, I see the response in my body. I can feel it afterwards, I put in effort. I can feel it the next morning. I can see it already in terms of my technique and posture changes and things. And just knowing that I don't need to decide what to do day by day. It's just laid out in front of me that today was 35 minutes, 18 strokes a minute. And because I'm following the plan, I don't avoid it. And therefore, I'm not skipping rows like this that are so important for refining technique, for growing my fuel tank, for developing last ability. Because I mean, 35 minutes of non-stop rowing it's gonna be slightly more beneficial for you than the 40 minutes with rest. 
in terms of holding on and that kind of mental thing of well if I can roll for 35 minutes non-stop I can definitely do 40 non-stop I don't need those rests and so in the end the value of a plan is not only to get you towards some kind of a goal whether that's performance fitness weight loss through calorie burn or recovery even after illness or injury but it's also consistency and that's why most of my plans tend to be five days because it keeps you coming back this is only a three-day plan of just the fast stuff you've not really got the dedication or at least the commitment to the plan it's not part of your life it's just something you do every second day whereas even if you do three days take a rest two days take a rest it's still very much part of you and so I'm going to do five days and then take the weekend off I'll take Saturday as a complete rest and then Sunday I might do some specific training for high rocks but it won't be cardio based it'll be like wall balls or sandbag lunges broad grippy jumps or farmers carries give my muscles a workout but it means I haven't really hit my cardio system for two days in a row and lets my body recover now recovery is important for everybody even 18 year old sport monsters need to take recovery days to let their body recover otherwise injury and burnout rear their ugly heads but once you get closer to 40 comes even more important to take not just one but two days rest a week to let those energy stores build back up let your body repair and of course nutrition is a huge part of that make sure you're taking in the right fuel for you you'll know whether protein is better for you or fat or carbs you'll know whether working in a fasted state like I do is better and of course you know 
to stay hydrated because that is a bigger disruptor of your performance than lack of food. Alrighty then, one more stroke. There we go. So, my aim for that row was 2K plus 22. And I was, which meant I had to row it at 207. But my average for the whole row was 207.1. Happy with that. And for those who remember what my projected finish was, I said it was 8,200, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> retake. I said it was 8,258. I finished 8,259. <laughs> so I was one meter faster than the projected finish. So have a drink, maybe tell yourself down. I know I'm soaking after that, but that's the point of uh, today's row is it's like a, just that fat burning fitness building that you should come off. I mean, I think I'm actually uh, in a more moist state today than I was after yesterday's 21 minute intervals. Right, two minute cool down. Do this at right about the same pace you started the warm up at or just pick a pace that you know you're gonna be cooling down from, okay? This isn't an effort row, this is letting you cool down. In three, two, one, go. I mean, there is a school of thought that actually after a long, slow 35 minute row, you probably don't really need a cool down. You can just let your body naturally cool down as long as you didn't find it too hard in the main session. However, I'm still a fan of always doing a two minute cool down just in case you've kind of you've developed some bad habits of your technique and you can just get rid of them by thinking about rowing with a good technique through this two minutes and mentally again 35 minutes holding a stroke rate listening to me whittling on in your or whittering on in your ear takes quite a lot of concentration so a two minute cooldown just helps you disengage. But then the bigger thing I always think is that you just want to get into the habit of doing a cooldown. So that on the sessions where you really do need to, let's say you've just done a 2K time trial, it's a good idea to do at least a two minute cooldown afterwards, if not more. But if it's just a habit, something that you do, you know that you just paddle away for two minutes and just let your body engage and ease off. It's gonna be so much better for you. You then add on stretching, post-workout stretching, there's the cherry on the cake, but a cool down, especially if you're not gonna stretch, crikey. You really need to do a cool down. There we go. So, when you get into some stretching, you don't have to do this in the same order that I do. You can take your time bearing in mind. I do tend to waffle on at the end, so uh, yeah. So, if you're not gonna stretch uh, with me, then just make sure you do your, your hamstrings and your, uh, so hamstrings and your quads at one point, but not in the shower, don't want you to fall over. Or, 
Stretchy John has just appeared, so you can follow him, or you can follow me for some on-machine stretching. So, hamstrings first, get yourself comfortable in the seat. I like bracing my toes against the foot straps, arms up, fold forwards, and then gauge where the stretch is, okay? So right now, it's kind of coming under my calves and under my knees. So if I just put a tiny little bend in my knees, and then stretch, tiny bend. If I come up too much, I lose a stretch entirely. It's just coming out from that lock to a soft lock. Then I bend forwards, now I'm getting my hamstrings. It's also about where you put your toes, whether you're flicking them towards you, whether you're just anchoring into the heel cups, whether your toys, toys, toes are going forwards, whether you're really reaching forwards with your hands. Remember, don't pull on, don't force yourself forwards. All these little things can be tweaks that you do for your body in order to get the best stretch for you, okay? It's the same with everything I'm saying here. So I'm just telling you what I do. You do what's right for you. Glutes next, one leg up on the rail, other foot comes across your knee, pull this knee that way, hold on to the back of the machine and rotate in, Roo. okay? And you should feel right on here in your glutes, get a nice wee stretch. Again, today's workout, you'll have got um, work into your glutes and your legs because we were rowing for 35 minutes, but actually, I mean, at the end of yesterday's, the max power one, my glutes were really feeling it because obviously all that power is coming from your, your legs and it kind of goes, if you get the technique right in, it goes right into your, through your glutes. Um, but you might not feel overly worked today, today, but you still will have worked, so it's still useful oh, to stretch. Uh, and remember, if you do get a sore backside when you're rowing, um, do look at your posture, because there's oftentimes it's got nothing to do with uh, what you're doing for the rowing, like moving backwards and forwards. It's all to do with your posture being tucked underneath you. Remember I spoke about rolling your sitting back, if I'll stop the stretch for a second and I'll do, do this, that if you're like this, slumped, and everything's rolled underneath you, as you come forwards, what happens is your sit bones are grinding over your your, your backside, your, your gluteus maximus. And that's where the pain comes from. Whereas if you have a good posture and you're just tilting backwards and forwards, yes, your sit bones are pressing into your glutes, but they're not doing that rolling pin across them. So you can kind of shift your position and that relieves the pressure. Uh, sorry, I should, yeah, should not really, shouldn't really be talking about that during the stretches, but right, so hamstrings, bring your heel up to your backside and then pull um, on your foot to kind of get that heel more into your glutes and you should feel your quads, did I say quads or hamstrings before? Hopefully I said quads. Um, you should feel your quads start to stretch. And remember if it's up too high, up here, then you're getting your hip flexors rather than your quads. So it could just be that you've got angles wrong. You want to be a nice straight line down through your shoulders into your hips. Oops, missed. <laughs> and then same with the other leg. Uh, you want to, Again, posture, even on stretching, is just so important. If you can have a nice posture rather than being all kind of crumpled down, then like a nice posture, not only does it help your stretch, it just reinforces giving you a good posture anyway. So, next, hip flexors. Uh, now, hang on, I'll do this and then I'll talk a little bit. So, one, 90 degrees on the ground, 90 degrees with a knee up in the air, and then push this hip forwards, that knee comes forwards, Sorry, podcast people, you can't really see what I'm doing, but, um, and then that way you're putting the force this way to push into your hips, okay? Because you've again got a good posture. Now, Grace had asked, is there a way to do this just to stretch your hip flexors uh, without being on the ground? 
I am looking into that, Grace. Um, haven't found anything yet, but then only did a quick search before I came out today. So I will look into that and see. Swap legs. I think her concern is the floor isn't particularly comfortable for doing this on. So, okay, so again, right angle for your front knee, right angle for your back knee, and then push that hip or send that hip forwards. That knee comes over the top of your ankle as you let that go in. And again, how you adjust the, whether you put your foot down, your back foot down, that changes it. Like, so by pointing my toe backwards, instead of it being up like that, I completely lose the connection to my hip flexor. So doing this, ooh, doing that, ooh, nothing. Okay, so these tiny little body tweaks are so important for how you get the stretches right. Which is why it's worthwhile watching lots of different people for how they stretch, just to get, get these little tidbits. And again, I'll throw out Jeff Cavalier at Athlean X. Watch his stuff. He will teach you how to stretch and lift in ways that you have no idea existed. So, right, let's do your shoulders, hand across your body, and then just pull it backwards. Keep your torso kind of pointed forwards, but move your, your arm across your body and you'll feel that stretch right up into your, your delts, which again, they will take in, if you get your, your technique right and you're hanging off the handle, there will be quite a lot of action to your shoulders. But they shouldn't feel sore because everything should be coming through your, like your bones and your ligaments and things. If you're finding muscular sore up at the top, chances are you are pulling too early at the front, that you are finishing too high or you are shrugging as you start the stroke, okay? So that's a good tip that if you get real muscle soreness through your shoulders, um, and we're not just talking like, oh, I've used them today, I'm talking like proper um, soreness, soreness, then you're not getting that connection chain right. Because you should be, like I say, hanging off the handle. It's not just about hanging off your fingers off the handle. It's like your entire, your arms, ligaments, everything. You should be just hanging. The power should just go straight through your arm um, without you pulling against it with your, with your arms. Because again, you want to use all that arm power at the back of the stroke. You don't want to waste it at the front and fight against it with your legs. You want to go straight and then wah! All that Popeye right in the back. Uh, triceps. Uh, now, this is what I talk about. I have bad shoulders. My, my bad shoulders are, aren't from um, aren't from rowing. My bad shoulders are from years of playing squash and things. And I think possibly the way I sleep, because um, I kind of when I when I sleep, I sleep on my side. This is probably apologies for this sharing too much because you're having to now imagine me sleeping. But I also do this thing where I kind of um, I sleep like this, like I'm a like I'm a gangster rapper. Hey boy! This is kind of how I sleep on my side, like this. And I'm sure there's a kind of a forwards motion of my shoulders that I do when I sleep. And that's not helping the stiffness of my shoulders. So helping my auditions for uh, um, a gangster boy band though, it's great. No one's called me yet though. I'm waiting for a phone call for, hey, we want a man in his mid-40s to come join our, <laughs> our band <laughs> to do some dad dancing. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> That would be funny. Although, I, hey, I'm in two bands. I'm the drummer in two bands, so it's not that unlikely. Let's do our forearms. So hands together, push them together, and then bring them down in front of you, and you will find that the muscles under your forearms will get a really nice wee stretch here, okay? Um, top of your forearms, four forearms, forearms not as much, but you're more likely to be using the part of your forearm that this is stretching than you are the top of your forearms. Again, if you're using the top of your forearms, this is because you're pulling too early and you're grabbing the, the front of the stroke. Don't do that. Um, last, let's do our biceps. 
I'm pretty sure the stretch of John will have finished ages ago because I keep on getting distracted today. But so put your arms behind you as though you're a ski jumper. Wee, oh, it's cold up here. But then rotate your thumbs outwards. Okay, and then that way you elongate that big long head of your biceps, and it gives them a stretch. It kind of does give your kind of pecs and things if you kind of get get it right as well. Get we stretch to your pecs as well. And like, like I said, if you have particular muscles and stretches that you need to do, please do them. Um, I'm about to say goodbye for the next couple of minutes. You can do your, your extra ones if you need to stretch your calves. So if you need to stretch your fingers, like pulling them towards you or whatever, then please do them uh, while I say goodbye. So goodbye. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this one. Again, I, I, I know that it's a love-hate relationship with our loads of people just hate um, the long, slow rows. Okay, so oh, it's boring, man. But like I say, the point of these is to give yourself um, the power to be able to do the fast stuff, okay? So no one's gonna give you a parade. No one's gonna buy you a cake and say how incredibly you just rode that 35 minutes at 18 strokes a minute at. But when you go through this kind of a plan and you go in and you do your 1,000 meter row and it's faster than you've ever done before because you've given yourself not only the power from a session like week one, session three, but you've given yourself the fitness and you've given yourself the fuel to be able to hold that power through the 1K row. There's no point going, hey, I'm a gold and God for the first um, minute of a 1k row and everyone's like wow this guy's fast and then a minute comes in the shelf falls you run out of energy and you're suddenly paddling home going mommy mommy okay there's no point in that there's no glory in that either um, everyone just walk away and go oh, that's a shame um, whereas this row is what's going to give you the fuel and the power and the fitness uh, the, the fitness and the fuel to be able to continue that power past that one minute stage. You'll be able to go faster for longer because of a row like this. So that's why this entire plan is basically just, it, you'll see in the thumbnails in the video, it either says easy or it says hard. That's all it is, it's an easy row followed by a hard row followed by an easy row. The easy ones give you the fuel in order to be able to do the hard ones. And then you come back to an easy one which will let you recover and give you the fuel to then be able to do the hard ones. What you don't wanna do is make the easy one a little bit hard and therefore the hard one has to become a little little bit easy, okay? <laughs> In fact, I'm going to stop there because I think that wraps it up perfectly, okay? Easy must be easy. Easy is not a little bit hard. Hard must be hard. Hard cannot be a little bit easy. There we go. If I could stick that on a t-shirt, I would. Try and work out how to put that on a t-shirt and I will. So there we go. I do hope uh, it went well for you. I uh, I kind of intended to talk longer about other stuff rather than technique in today's session because the only plan I had was, right, let's talk about technique and then talk about something else. I didn't realize I was going to be wanging on about it for 20 minutes, so apologies for that. But I do hope the back end of it, talking about the importance of a plan really helped because it does, okay? I should really make a standalone video about it and without me rowing up and down. Doing a plan, pretty much anybody's plan, okay, is going to make you better than if you were just ad hoc picking up um, the, the odds session, okay? And then it comes down to who's giving you the plan, whether it's me, whether it's some of the, my um, competitors here on YouTube, whether it's Sam at Fitness Matters, who used to be my coach, whether it's some of the other guys you'll find on the internet. To be honest, or the Pete plan, or the Wolverine plan, or the, oh, I don't know, the Peter Pan plan. Um, there isn't one. Um, it doesn't matter. As long as you find a 
plan that gives you consistency and structure and that you keep coming back day after day and you're sensible enough when it comes to taking rest days and stuff, you will get better, okay? And then it comes down to how people program it, okay? It's if, uh, if someone's a little bit too over-anxious and giving you too many tough sessions, you might get worn out too quick and you might not enjoy that role. If someone's putting in uh, too many long, long, hard, uh, long, easy rows and not enough fun ones, like yesterday's one was a fun row. Today wasn't particularly fun, but it's still great to get through um, you might go, oh, I just want to roll fast, man. And so you need to kind of give people that when it comes on the plan, a chance to shine. So you find who works best for you. Who's the coach that works best for you? Do my YouTube videos work for you? Because you can roll along to a video, hopefully. Do you hate the sound of my voice and so you want to go with somebody else? I hope not, but there's a good chance that's what happens. Is that you're like, all right, okay, that guy, I'm done with him. Fair enough. But the important thing is, is that you keep coming back to a plan and you do it and you, you make sure and you commit and you get faster. And then you get that plan done and you think, right, should I take a break from rowing or should I do something else? Fine, sure, fine. But over the four weeks or five weeks of a plan, commit and do it and you will get better, okay? That's why I talk about the importance of baseline testing at the beginning of one of these so that you can test your 1K. You know how, or even like our session one was those... Uh, eight one-minute sprints. We've set a benchmark there just by doing them so that later on when we do them again, we can say, wow, man, I've improved. I've got faster. You didn't even have to have a 1K under your belt in order to have that benchmark row there to be able to do later. Right. Today's rant will be so... Uh, this should be when I think of a hashtag all based around that. Um, plan... Oh, what's the... Uh, plan... I don't want to say vital, plan importance. Um, it's about the plan, all about the plan, plan, plan. <laughs> the word has lost all meaning. Um, yeah, something about a plan. Stick a hashtag, something about the plan, and let's see what people come up with. Um, just to let me know you got this far through the video, in which case, well done, because I got a little bit ranty there, didn't I? So, um, yeah, cool. There we go. So that's week one, session four, or at least session four of the 1K plan. Whether you do these in order with me or not, it's entirely up to you. But yeah, uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is week one, session four. We have one more session for this week, which will be back up to a hard row again, just to see off the week's training. So I hope you will join me for that one or in one of my other many, many, many workouts I have here up on YouTube. Make sure and check them out. Check out the groups of playlists and stuff that I have here as well. Uh, the website has a handy list of all the playlists lists I have as well in case you're like oh, I don't want to look at them so if you go to rollalong.com um, you'll find um, there's a list on there I think under training plans or something it has like a group of all of the ones um, that I've made so you can go oh right this is everything he's done wow I had no idea because there are hundreds of workouts up here entirely free for you okay I do not charge a penny for what I do remember so there we go Thank you so much for putting up with me. I mean, I don't put up with me. I'm going to go and hang my head in shame for... for no, I'm not. Um, uh, look after yourselves. Make sure and have a drink. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Eat well. Be well. And I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.